I was watching an, a debate this week uh, between an atheist and a Christian, and I took sincere joy, and each of them went, you know what? There's an, both of them were willing to go, you know, I can't prove to you beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is true. They were both willing to admit, you know what? There's, there's an element of mystery here. There's an element of what we don't know yet. I suppose one was arguing, uh, but we will one day know. And the other one was arguing, well, that is God. There's some things that we will never know that he knows. Uh, and so both were willing to admit and leave space for the mystery in this world. For us this Christmas, we are understanding some of the Christmas narrative. And through the Christmas story, there is space for some mystery here. And we've been looking at some Christmas messages. Last week we looked at love, message of love at Christmas. But also there's a bit of mystery in that, that there's obedience to love. And this week we are looking at another message and another mystery. And the message this week is hope. It's a popular Christmas message. We are talking about hope. So as we're looking at hope, perhaps the mystery for you is, what's the hope there? Well, how, how do we go from the, the part of the story with the Magi to hope? Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I, uh, I adore the theme of hope. I really do. I find it really special. I love knowing that uh, by knowing the God who created it all, that the impossible is possible. That it, so therefore, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, we can have hope. Because while it might be impossible to us, if we know the God who does the impossible, hope is always there. That no matter how bad I am, no matter how egregious the mistakes that I may make in my life, there is hope for me in Christ. I love the theme of hope so much and, and the message of hope so much that we named our, our daughter, Matilda Louise, Hope. One thing I do know about Christmas is it's a celebration for everyone. But especially uh, at Christmas, that celebration can be a bit tainted for some because there's sadness and there's hurt and there's, there's, there's thoughts of what was but isn't anymore. And I think that's why the theme of hope is so important at Christmas. Because while some things can be taken away, hope cannot if it lies in the right place. Have you ever spent much time thinking about hope? Where it comes from, what it provides, what its purpose is? What do you put your hope in? Sometimes we put our hope in people. There's some people in our world who put their hope in karma. Some people uh, in Melbourne, we, well, in Melbourne we, sh we all don't put our hope in the weather. By no means. Certainly we know it this summer. No means we put our hope in it. I, uh, I think I can speak on behalf of my wife who is a Melbourne supporter. Every football supporter holds on to hope that one day they'll be good. Except Melbourne supporters. 
I checked with Sarah to see if she was okay with me saying that. Um, We put our hope in so many different places. These sorts of things, when it comes to hope, is kind of more like wish. We'd like for this to happen, but really, realistically, like if, if we actually talked about expectations, I don't actually expect it to really happen. I, I hope it'll happen, I wish it'll happen, but the chances are pretty slim. When it comes to this worldly type of hope, we hope for something, but we don't expect it to happen. This hope is perhaps optimistic, but not realistic. Christian hope... I would say, is different. Christian hope, I think, stands for having only positive expectations. It's a realistic thing. Because Christian hope, it's, it's not wishy-washy. It's not cross-our-fingers kind of hope that our, that our society has. And the, the wonder is, well, how? How is the Christian hope different to the hope that the world talks about? How is this hope any different, especially at Christmas? Because I'd say the real mystery in Christmas, the real mystery in Christian hope is that it's rooted in truth. That is the power and strength of Christian hope. It's birthed out of truth. So let's consider our example for this morning. The Magi, the wise men, whatever you'd like to call them. Now, just as an FYI, in case you didn't realise it, and it's right in our culture and we saw it in our video, the Bible doesn't say there were three wise men. The Bible says that they gave three gifts. And the wise men had travelled afar. But it never actually says, and you can check it up afterwards, fact check it on me, it doesn't actually say that there were three wise men. Now, what we do know about these wise men is they travelled from the east. And if, if you do your research, the likely conclusions is that they either came from Persia, Babylon, or perhaps north uh, in, in Arabia. Now, we, we know through time, through exiles and through uh, different movements of people, that, um, that the Israelites had been spread at different stages, and especially in Persia and Babylon, they were there for a long time, the Jewish people. They had their scriptures. They had their understanding of the Torah and the promises that had been given. And so naturally, as they brought that with them, the people in those cultures learned and understood about that as well. So these Magi, we, we know that if they came from Arabia, if they, if they came from Persia, either way they travelled at least a minimum of 1,000 kilometres. Okay? Now, for us today, 1,000 kilometres, like let's just, let's just say getting across to Adelaide in the car, oh, well, no worries, like we can do that. But you think about it back then, 1,000 kilometres by camel in a long caravan. Okay, not our not our grey nomad caravans. Okay, no 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 sense of luxury with that. A long way now. Of course, you know that, that that was one thing, but of course the terrain is another thing once again. Not in the safety of a car, not in the safety of these roads, but the desolate uh, barrenness and harshness of the desert. So these magi. 
that we don't have a number for in the scriptures. They would likely have come with lots of people, bringing their servants, their slaves, potentially even their family. Now think about it. They've travelled all this way through the rugged terrain, all the harshness that that provides. On what? On what? Mary and Joseph, we sometimes consider the journey that they had to take to Bethlehem with pregnant Mary as, as a difficult task on the back of a donkey. But at least they had angels who had come to them in the flesh and said, this is what's going to happen. And so they had this solid thing to, to, to act on and, and to follow. But the Magi, it doesn't tell us angels turned up to them. All the Magi, all the Magi had were scriptures from the Old Testament. And also the, the innate belief that the Jews that they had met, that the Messiah would come. We've got scriptures like Isaiah 7.14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And this one. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Even in the promise that Abraham was given way back in Genesis, Jesus fulfills that promise. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse you. And all peoples, Abraham, on earth will be blessed through you. And we see that in Jesus Christ. In what he did, all peoples would be blessed. There are some things that we would be willing to do on a hunch. Okay, There's some things we would be willing to do on a hunch. And there's some things that we wouldn't be willing to do unless we had some solid assurances. Okay, uh, For instance, I would be willing on a hunch to go to that juice shop on my birthday because I suspect if I can prove it's my birthday, they will give me free juice. I'd be willing to do that on a hunch. Okay, I'd do that on a hunch. Um, I would be willing on a hunch to put honey on one side of a piece of bread and peanut butter on the other, put it together and eat it. If I had a hunch that, that would be delicious, I would give that a go. Okay? We'd be willing to do, uh, act on our hunches when the risk isn't that great. When we feel like the reward's going to outweigh that risk. Maybe, oh, no, well, what am I going to do? I can just spit it out and not eat the rest of the sandwich. There's some things we wouldn't be willing to do on a hunch. I would bet you wouldn't fly halfway around the world to England just because you had a hunch at this particular cafe, at this particular day, at this particular time, that you'd bump into Meghan Markle. I'm, I'm guessing you're not going to travel all the way around the world just on a hunch for that, okay? She's in one of my favourite TV shows. I'm not walking down the street just to find her, okay, but that's me. Um, I, uh, I, I had the experience when I was in primary school walking up to school. 
And uh, this is kooky. I still remember it like it was yesterday. I, to walk up to school, there was a roundabout. Um, and one particular day, actually, I was walking home, walking down the hill, get to this roundabout, and for some reason, I took just complete notice of this black BMW. Bit dirty, but black BMW. And they turned in front of me. Second day, came down, I don't know whether it was the same time or whatever, and as I get to that spot to cross, I see the black BMW coming. And I'm thinking, oh, that's funny, because I saw that car yesterday. It didn't have its indicator on, to the, on that, the second day, though. I just thought, I'm not going to cross the road, just in case. And it turned, out, it turned across in front of me. If I'd stepped out, there would have been an accident, and who knows? Now, you might think, oh, well, you're just acting on a hunch. But I wasn't actually acting on a hunch because I had something far greater than a hunch there. I actually had this, this, this event, the knowledge of the very day before, this is what that car did. And so all of a sudden, I wasn't just going, you know what, I've just got a strange feeling here. I was actually working on the truth from the day before and decided not to, to step out. These magi, they had a massive journey, dragging countless, of peop- countless people across with them. They didn't do it on a hunch. They knew that from the exposure that they had from the Jews of the Old Testament scriptures, from the lives and the, uh, the, what they could say, it, that this is a surety, that they had found the truth. And therefore, it was worth going all this way, not to maybe, maybe on a hunch. There's a chance, I hope, that this might be the King of Kings, but they travelled all the way on the assuredness of truth that they would meet the King of Kings, born as a babe in Bethlehem. Their hope was an assuredness founded in truth. That is where the Christian hope comes from, from truth. And it is so important. Not only did Jesus' birth prove the Old Testament uh, scriptures right in so many different ways, but it meant that just as that was truth, the prophecies about the life that he would live, the ministry that he would lead, and what he would go on to do, would also therefore be true. Genesis 3.15, God is speaking to Satan. He says, he, that is Jesus, will crush your head, Satan, and you will strike his heel. Psalm 78.1-2, my people, hear my teaching, listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things. Um, things from of old. Zechariah 9 9. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fall of a donkey. And we know, we see that so many hundreds of years later, fulfilled through Jesus coming to Calvary, into Jerusalem at the start of the celebrations on the back of a donkey. On this mountain, it says, he will destroy 
the shroud that enfolds all people, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. The Christian hope can truly be about having only positive expectations because it's not a wish. It's not optimistic. It is realistic. It is founded on truth. There can be life after death. There is purpose to our existence. God is working to bring everyone, if they would choose, back into relationship with him. Where does your hope come from? Is your hope optimistic or is it realistic? Do you believe in God perhaps? But you sort of go, yeah, I'm happy to believe in God. But this, this notion of, of hope is just, it's, just it's, it's not my interest. And I want, I want to encourage you, put these words to the test. Put God's words to the test. See what he said would happen. See if it did happen. We've got some resources up the back, which, uh, which I find fantastic about people who have tried to prove God wrong, people who have been staunch against this truth that is Christianity, that they claim to have it right and, and, and everyone else is wrong, and they tried to prove him wrong and they find themselves, despite being adamantly against, finishing up, up adamantly for God. Because they found truth as well. So, so, so if you, don't, you don't have to take what I say and what I believe just as, as something to be swallowed. But you can find it out for yourself if you'd like. For those who do believe in Jesus Christ as your Messiah, as the prophesied one through the Old Testament. The one that we have saved ever since he has come then you have something that can never be taken from you. It's like if you stood in some fresh cement out at Jelly Brand Point out there. In the rug, and and as it, once it's set, you're standing firmly. You can't be moved. No matter what the weather brings in, no matter how hard it blows, no matter what the weather's like, no matter if someone comes and, and insults you and, and curses you, no matter what, you are standing still. You can't be moved. Your hope is truth. Now, of course... We are the only ones who are perhaps able in that circumstance to take our feet out of those shoes and leave those shoes where they were and walk away. We're perhaps the only one who can leave our hope behind. But we can always come back to those shoes that are in those cement and find that hope that we had. Because God doesn't change. He's not going anywhere. Truth stays the same. Can you imagine the feeling of the Magi 
as they arrived in Bethlehem and found Jesus with his parents. I was challenged to think, perhaps they didn't have a feeling of relief. That if they really had the Christian hope, a confidence in what this was, that they didn't turn up and go, oh gosh, we've got the right address. Oh, it's the right town. Oh, we went wrong. But I think they might have just responded with absolute contentness. That they got there and everything else faded away because they could set their eyes on the King of Kings. Jesus, born in a manger. So I want to encourage you this Christmas. Have your hope in Christ. The truth that is in our God in all that he is. And just as Isaiah 40 40 verse 31 says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Be strong in the truth that is the Christian hope this Christmas. Let me pray. God, I thank you so much that you didn't just do But Lord, you prepared the way. Lord, that you set forth so many markers in history to show us, to tell us, to prepare us for Jesus. Lord, that we would sit in such a privileged position after the cross, that we can see it and we can be assured 100%. Lord, not optimistic, not with any doubts, but God, realistic, That we can have only positive expectations for you are our God and you have come for us. Lord, what a thing you've done for us. And God, may we walk in hope this Christmas. God, as some may struggle to find hope, to know hope. Lord, to keep their heads above the water. God, may we be able to share our hope that is unmoving, Lord, with others, so that they may find the truth that is in you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.